Welcome to Dating Intelligence, the podcast where we give relationship advice from dating to marriage and everything else in between. And always with the goal of helping you to continuously be the best you at all times. So if you're looking for real life and honest information to help navigate your relationships, we've got you covered. We got you covered. All right, guys. Hello. Hello. We got another episode out today. Jamie, how are yeah, you today? Yeah, I'm doing awesome. Look at that shirt. Oh, thank are you. you. Like I know. I'm, I'm rocking it out today. You Motley know, Crew. Oh, that's my jam right there. Really? So, you know, I figured I'd impress our guest today. Maybe uh, <laughs> some of the people he's been with in his past and now we could probably shed some light on him. I think the memory. so. Yeah, <laughs> I think so for sure. So, all right. So I'm going to um, introduce our guest and he's a, an amazing new guest that we have today, guys. And um, so I'm going to start off by saying, so I'm Jamie and I'm going to ask you this question. So every time I see a limo, whether it be a sedan, stretch, crazy Hummer type, or party bus with super dark tinted windows and on the road heading anywhere, my first thought is always goes to that place up. Oh, there are a lot of people back there and, and they're doing up some crazy ass shenanigans, you know, because every time I see like a limo, I'm always thinking that there's some crazy shit going on because when I'm in a limo or even a party bus, I'm always doing some crazy shit. Yeah. So I think it's hard now because there's so much executive transportation mm-hmm. that, that don't even incorporate limos anymore. So it's hard to tell. Like, I, I feel like you just see like a dark vehicle now. And right. I yeah. mean, you don't even know what you're getting picked up in. I know. That's and true. our guest, like, I mean, there's no limits. So well, shit, he could pick you up in a Bugatti for, <laughs> for ooh, all I, kinda, I know. I like that. I want to be picked <laughs> up in a Bugatti one day. Right. Oh, yeah. All right. So well, let's introduce him. So with that being said, our guest today has been in the premier vehicle transportation industry for the last 40 years. Yeah. His company, Slade Services, is a chauffeur transportation management company. His clientele roster has featured the 1% of the 1% and includes a list of not only VIPs, but VVIPs. I want to mm-hmm. know about this. Um, accounts with many of these clients coming from the music, entertainment, and film industry. He's seen it all while driving for the likes of the Rolling Stones, Michael Jackson, and Nicki Minaj. And he was the go-to service for a lot of the ba- big bands in the 80s as well. That's where I got my I think he on, literally drove for every major like band back in the 80s. All right. Well, see, this is why I got my, once again, why I got my t-shirt on today. Okay, I want to okay. know a lot more. I know. I should All right, have so, worn Well, let's, let's give him his introduction. Please welcome Charlie Horky to the show. Charlie, yeah. welcome. Oh, yeah. Thanks How, for having me. You're very welcome. How are you today? I'm well. I'm Good. Well. A little busy, but thanks. All right. Well, we got him. See, we got him here. I know. Did, did you drive yourself? I, I want to know. Okay. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just curious. You know, I mean, you have a big service line. I wonder if the owner actually, you know, has someone drive him or if he drives himself. What so, do you mean? You know, just like... like if, if you got a limo, oh, company if you service, had a company, yeah. Ooh, I don't know. Um, I feel like I feel like Charlie's kind of a control freak, so I'm gonna guess that he's <laughs> maybe not gonna let anyone drive him. Like I he's like gonna fucking take expression. charge. Yeah. So I will tell you, like being born and raised here, um, I actually I'm not gonna say like what event I was working when I met Charlie, but it's definitely like an interesting story. Um, I happened to end up in the back of one of uh, Charlie's cars Mm -hmm. with a girlfriend. Um, I was invited to an event on uh, New Year's Eve and he actually found me. So he was like, I think I'm supposed to take you up to the the party. And I'm thinking like, I don't know, like, who is this guy? (laughs) Um, But made me feel comfortable right away to where I was. I trusted him. I'm like, all right. And I get in his car. And of course, he um, gets me, you know, right to the front door. And I remember before I got out of the car, I fucking looked at him and I was like, if I fucking text you, you better like come back and get me right away. And I felt like an instant connection with Mm -hmm. him. Like, like he's not going to fucking leave me hanging. But, um, I was literally like in the event for, I don't know, maybe not even an hour. And I was like, fucking get back here. And he was like, (laughs) he, right. And he was literally there and it was a tough choice. (laughs) (laughs) and I was out. So then, you know, whenever you're like in a car and someone's kind of driving you, sometimes you forget that that person's like in the front seat. So Mm -hmm. they can literally hear your entire conversation. So I'm having a conversation with one of my best friends in the back and we just happen to be, you know, it's freaking late. It's new year's and we're talking about (laughs) blowjobs. And then I'm like, I look up and I said, Charlie, what about you? If someone just tried to like give you a blow job, do you cheat? And he said in the most honest way, he was like, my wife's so fucking hot. I don't need to fucking cheat on her. Oh, that's a great and at answer. that point, wow. I'm like, who is this guy? And can I climb up there? <laughs> so then we're like, yeah, fucking right. Let's see your wife. And he pulls up this photo of this smoking hot blonde. And I'm like, yeah, fucking right. That's not your wife. And he's like, it is my wife. And he goes, and I'll even invite you over for dinner. And I'm like, what? Sure as shit. 
like what, three weeks later, I'm at yeah. his house wow. having dinner with him and his wife. I like this story. Yeah, and by I the even way. brought my girlfriend, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she's an time. amazing cook, by the way. Mm-hmm. So um, shout out to to your lovely wife. That's a great story. I don't want to ruin it, but it wasn't like she was sitting in the front seat asking me that question. <laughs> <laughs> but it sounds like you make everyone comfortable and that and that's the start of this, you know. And um, and I just want to know about let's talk about your background. How did this all start for you, first of all? Yeah. What got you into the concierge like, you know, vehicle service? You mean like 40 years ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yes. Uh, I was working at um, Budget Rent-A-Car in Southern California, Los Angeles. And they were the budget rent-a-car that provided, um, like if you wanted to, like rent-a-car companies used to have like Buicks and Chevys and these guys had Ferraris and Mercedes-Benzes and they were clientele with rock stars. So we'd wash the cars, get them ready and then deliver them to like Don Henley and Jimmy Buffett and different people that required you know, convertible Mercedes mm-hmm. while they were in town. And uh, a buddy of mine said, hey, do you think you could be in business? And I said, well, what are you thinking? And he goes, what do you want to do? And I said, how about a limo service? And he goes, okay. And that was really the beginning of it, you know, was, was, was about that simple. He bought the car and the deal was if, if I could bring the work in, we could make a business. That's and great. That was really the. So how did, how did the, so getting the business in the start of this, obviously one car, you know, you have to have the car right. to do your business. And um, I'm sure it's probably different now, but um, how did you find the clientele? Did you already keep that list on that Rolodex of people that you had met along the way? You know what? Kind of, sort of. Mm-hmm. Um, we delivered cars to all kinds of people. And, and one of them was a company called Frontline Management, um, which uh, was uh, one of Irving Azoff's companies early uh, in the 1980s. And he had everybody. And so I went there and I saw this lady named Nina Avermedes and I said, hi, I'm in the limousine business now. And I was like 20 and she goes, really? And she goes, and I said, I really could use some business. And she said, well, Dan Fogelberg um, can't stand his limousine company and he's arriving on Thursday and here's his information and here's an album. Here's what it looks like. Nice. And um, I went and picked him up and that was kind of like the beginning of it. So that would be your first client in theory then, right? Well, my first client, it's funny, the limousine, when you first start out, you go to other limo companies and go, hey, you know, if you have extra work, give it to me. And someone gave me an order to pick up Captain Kangaroo. And that's That's really funny. And I missed him. Um, and, and I went to the airport and I totally missed him. Oh no. Yeah. Bob Keeshan. And, um, because I thought he'd walk off the plane looking like Captain Kangaroo. (laughs) And, um, of course that isn't the way he looks. That's how he looks on TV. And everyone makes fun of me and says, well, what do you think he was going to walk off the plane with dancing bear and bunny rabbit? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you get your business from other limousine companies and, um, and people that I had ran into. Um, one of the things I didn't really understand when I first started doing this was the calls you got late at night, which mm. now are commonplace. But, you know, why are they calling me at four in the morning? Why do I have to go pick them up at a studio at four in the morning? And I would go to the studio and... Um, they'd be all jamming and it would be, you know, Dan would be damning, uh, jamming with uh, Jimmy Buffett or Don Henley or J.D. Souther or Linda Ronstadt or Prince was recording wow. down the hall and he'd come down and they'd all be playing. It was just this wall of music and one by one, I'd take them all home. And uh, that's how I met a lot of them. That's great. You know, like that. That's great. And then this would become almost like a, um, uh, I don't want to use revolving, but just a consistent clientele for you at yeah, this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Back, yeah. Back then, you, you know, you start off with, um, Actually, I have a funny story about Motley Crue, um, but um, <laughs> yes, please, <laughs> of course, <laughs> do tell. You, you, well, you start you start off driving individual people, and and they and they call you. And I met a guy that was kind of on his way out of the limousine industry. He was an older guy, um, you know, poor health, and he had Quincy Jones and uh, Loretta Swit, David Soul, Bob Newhart, and uh, I started driving those people. So now I've got this, you know, ring of people: Dan Fogelberg mm-hmm. and the people I just mentioned, and. Um, I drove Quincy one night to the Hollywood Bowl. He was married to a woman named Peggy Lipton at the time. It was cold that night, and I looked inside and saw she'd left her mink, and um, so I grabbed it, and I went and found them in the in the Hollywood Bowl. It was easy back then. Nice. And um, I gave it to him, and on the way home, he said, you know, I know you don't work for the limousine company that I hired. He goes, I want your card. And I said, oh, Mr. Jones, you know, that's kind of taboo. I'm not supposed to do that. He said, no, 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 I, I, I'll let them know. I only want to use you from now on. And I thought, wow, gosh, what do I do? That's great. And um, so I had to go, I had to go, um, I had to go tell this guy, like, you know, hey, Quincy wants to go with me. 
and he was living in a motel on uh, Santa Monica and La Cienega Boulevard. And um, I get there, and there's all these police cars and this yellow tape around the whole building. And I looked at one of the cops, and I go, hey, wh what happened here? And he goes, oh, some guy uh, got in a fight with his lover, and he hit him over the head with a toilet seat, and he killed him. And I go, was door 12 over there? And he goes, yeah. And I go, Dave? And he goes, yeah. And I was relieved of that responsibility. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, so all that. So I kind of inherited that clientele. And um, I was driving Quincy quite a bit. And he called me one day and said, you know, hey, Chaz, you come to the studio. He goes, uh, I'm making a record with Michael Jackson. And I said, really? And he said, yeah, he comes, come down here. So I went down to the studio called uh, Westlake, and they were making Thriller. Oh, and, wow. Um, yeah, so I was with, uh, met Michael, and, um, you know, and, you know, started driving him. And uh, I was with him probably eh, almost every day for like three or four years. Wow. So then you, yeah. he, you became his, one of his permanent drivers. Well, it was point. easy. I mean, I was mm -hmm. the only driver. And so like his, like he, that record hit, right? It sold 40 million copies. And he goes on the Motown special, the 25th anniversary show or 20th anniversary. And he does the moonwalk for the first time. I was and say. yeah, the place goes mad dog. And I was with him like, all the time and so you know so now i'm driving as guest i'm driving gregory peck and katherine hepper and sophia loren and, and uh liz taylor and um uh, another lady i drove for like two weeks was jacqueline onassis she was um she was editor of a of a um double day book uh publishing company and he was made some, he wrote some book and um so she was out for a couple of weeks and i'd go and pick her up every morning and she would invite me to her room and we'd have coffee and hang out and that's great um, you know would tell me stories about you know uh, about her husband when they lived in washington right and um you know it was cool she was uh it was really interesting that's awesome like, yeah it, well, i think it, we have uh, like a photo of charlie with michael like on the carpet and elizabeth Taylor. Oh, yeah. Can you We're find that? Right oh, now, yes. Gotta watch Look. The YouTube version of this. There's that's, that's Charlie. So <laughs> Look how long, young you are back there, yes, I mister. Was, yeah, I was a lot younger. Oh, my God. That's <laughs> I I, awesome. I was 26. I think we were going to a Bruce Springsteen concert in Los Angeles. Yeah. So were they, did they actually date or... Were they just friends? I think they were friends. I don't know if they dated or not. I never really looked at it like that. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. I never saw him jumping up and down on her in the car. You know, <laughs> <nothing like that. laughs> Did you ever see him jumping up and down on anyone? No. Not really? No. No, no yeah. not at all. God, you got never. an insight to yeah. that world. That's that's unbelievable. I mean, yeah, he was, really, mm -hmm. he was a really polite guy. Super polite, really friendly, and had a wicked sense of humor. I mean, so that's yeah. what I heard because my makeup artist mm -hmm. used to actually do his makeup and his kids. Mm -hmm. So, um, when he had his kids, he tried not to ever really bring them in public, but that, that's exactly the way that she described him. He had right. an amazing sense of humor mm -hmm. and he was so kind and caring. Yeah. A hundred percent. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. So. It, it was, a, it was really a fun time, um, working with him in, in, in the eighties. And, uh, I, I mean, he put me on the map. I mean, right. Basically, that's... I mean, everywhere he was, I was, it wasn't real difficult from, you know, from that standpoint. And then do you feel like business grew from there for you? Yeah, like, sure. It, it, it did. Um, you know, just by word of mouth, um, you know, Motley Crue. Yes, please. Let's yeah, get back to that. Um, <laughs> actually, yeah, well, they were part of this, but I was driving Robert Plant and the, when they come in, when a band comes to town, often their transportation paid for by a promoter and most bands just go, you know, sure. Yeah. Send the car. But, um, you know, I would have liked that business. So I called, you know, his tour manager, Rex King. And I said, you know, you guys are coming to town for a big show at the forum. And he says, oh yeah, but, uh, the promoters got it. And I go, oh yeah, great. Okay. Um, when are you coming? And he said, Thursday at, you know, two o'clock, Clay Lacey. Oh, okay. Where they're going to land in LA. So I got my guys and I went and we waited okay. until that airplane came in and uh around the corner so to speak and we saw the other company they're all lined up ready to go and uh that's when cell phones first came out like you know 83 84 and um this plane came in and i knew that plane had to come to where we were but there was another facility but pretty far away okay and uh so i called the limousine company and i told them that um as if I was the tour manager and said, you know, there's Rex King here. And, um, <laughs> he put on we, the voice. We're, we're, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to go to Piedmont. We're not going to go to Clay Lacey. So we saw those cars fire up and take off. 
Dang. And of course that that plane was coming to where those cars were. And so we uh pulled up and he said, Charlie, he goes, I thought I told you we were taken care of and I said, Well, we just dropped off Rod Stewart. I said, and I, I saw the plane, thought maybe, you know, come say hi. And he goes, well, where's our cars? I said, I don't have any clue. And he, <laughs> he, got, he, he got on the phone and screamed at him and, and hired me for the rest of the week. Oh, that's and, uh, great. Oh, we did God. the same thing to Motley Crue. And, what? Uh, great. Yeah. Oh, my you know, I God. Drove, I drove Vince. He got in a bad car accident, and they had me driving him for a while because he wasn't driving. His license was suspended. And then later on in the 90s, I drove Tommy quite a bit when he was um, married to Pam. Yeah. Wow. She, yeah, she lived down the street from us. So when did you, with with all this being said, which is amazing, by the way, guys, we're just hitting the, we're just hitting the, not even the tip of the iceberg. Oh my we're at the gosh, no, right he now. Yeah. like has like the best stories yeah. ever. Um, so <laughs> when you, when you knew like, you know, driving Michael or driving Quincy not this time, how did you know, I, you can only divide your time so much. So how do you split up the time with your other drivers and how do you, obviously because, you know, you're the face of this right now, you're, you're the component to this. How do you um, make sure that they're given the same service that you would give personally yourself to these people. Well, you know, you try to hire like and kind people, mm -hmm. right? I mean, there wasn't a formula or a business plan, although I did realize, you know, that once I would take Michael to Elizabeth's house, that you're stuck in the driveway. I mean, you know, would she bring you food? Yeah, sure. You know, they were super nice, but okay. my phone's blowing up and I'm sitting in this driveway and I, I can't do stuff. And you realize that driving the car is going to be counterproductive. Unless all you want to do is be a driver. Right. And I wanted, I just had too many, too much stuff going on. So, you know, you just find another guy that, okay. you know, was that I grew up with or that I knew or someone that I could put in the seat and, you know, develop these guys. Okay. But you also tell the, the, the clientele, Hey, um, I'm, I can't make it today. I have someone else coming in. Da, 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 da. Your role changes, you mm -hmm. know, you, you, you tend to drive them into like points and places where you're not going to be in the car too long to the airport. Okay. Oh, got it. Gotcha. You know, yeah. FaceTime. I was, that's, that's smart. How yeah. you been? Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, or, you know, meet them at an event and find them in a crowd of, you know, thousands of the Grammy awards and, you know, lead them by hand to their car. And, you know, they know that they were looked after and, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I got a phone call from a woman I do business with and wanted me to handle Mariah Carey's wedding when she married Tommy. Mm -hmm. in new york and mm -hmm. i had never much less been to new york let alone had a car company there but um but it was because they they always felt that like i would find them in a crowd at these places and make sure they got in their cars that's where the biggest problems are when it's when when the show breaks and there's like yeah. five thousand people in cars and you know you have to find people does so everyone you would do actually that, get out and yeah. go find them oh yeah yeah but we, what everyone we a whole every, team of people there. but do you feel like every service no text that, or is that something then? separate that you felt like you went above and beyond to do you know, like would other you think, services like do the that other, as well? Were the other services doing that or were you kind of one of the only ones? Mm, I don't know. I mean, they're probably chasing other, I'll go into the wrong place. I, I mean, know when it, I show up, there's like a sign like mm, right when I get off. So yeah, right. So that's right. how you I find like, my driver. Uh, like no. the ones you set up well, for now me. It's all, now it's all pretty, <laughs> now it's all pretty organized. I mean, right. You know, if you go to the Academy Awards, they have a whole tented garage with food service for the drivers and TV screens. I mean, they do it really well. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. then, you know, it's all by number. You walk out and they go, hey, car 45, and you roll up and pick okay. up your customer. Yeah. But, you know, back in the day, it wasn't like that at all. I mean, it's just a lot of people and a lot of cars. And a and, lot of black cars. That yeah, that you just yeah. have to organize yeah. it, you know. Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't that It wasn't that difficult. Okay. So this is probably like another example of him going like above and beyond. And yeah. that's um, why... When I met him, like since then, I've not used um, like service. any other service. Right. So wherever I'm at in the world, he always takes care of it. So um, and, and I, then and I think that's more of your personality on who you are in general. That's why I was asking, you know, for you to say if you had to go and look for these people. I'm like, I wonder how many other services actually did that, or they just stood outside. Well, they yeah, they yeah. all do it now. Okay, I mean, yeah, sure, right, they, they all do it. But that, but back then. Um, you know, I, I emerged in the limousine industry kind of at the time of where the guys were still wearing black hats and gloves and were appropriate traditional chauffeurs. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm sure those guys, you know, did a lot of really cool stuff. The guys that drove Elvis and, you know, other people. I mean, sure. But it, things evolve, right? Yes, I mean, So, do. you know, people's demands and what they want and the delivery of service changes. So at the time, it was just what we did. We, we didn't know any other way. I mean, you sure as hell didn't want the phone call. You know, where the fuck's my driver? Oh, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm standing, right. well, where are you? Ah, 
ah, you know, <laughs> hold your hand in the air. Ah, you know. Well, at least that took some time because there were no cell phones back then. So right. back in the day, you just like, yeah. you have to physically go to a phone. Yeah, <laughs> I will tell you, though, like just another example, like I had landed in Hawaii mm-hmm. and I remember messaging him and I'm like, oh, my God, I don't have a charger. And I was like going straight to like an event. His driver picked us up. Of course, like, you know, with the sign found us right away and had a brand new charger oh, and handed great. it to me like right when I got off the plane. I'm like, what the hell? That's great. So yeah. I was like, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Well, there's a point like, you know, in the 80s where I said you're hiring your friends and you got this little marauder, these group of guys. And so like from from like 1980 to 2000, I had I went from like one car to 10 cars. Mm-hmm. That sounds like a lot. Um, and then I was doing like a million dollars a year. But the jump from 2000, from 1990 to 2000, I went from 10 cars in a million to 700 cars in 70 million. Wow. So, I mean, you know, it was a radical growth there yeah. in that 10 years, right? Um, but yeah, just, you just have to evolve and change. Right. Um, with, um, so off of that as well, it's just, this is fascinating. I'm, I'm all about this, the whole podcast episode today, by the way. <laughs> and thank you for being here, Charlie. Um, Question wise, when you, when you're with someone um, like one of the, your clientele and you're walking with them to go find them and stuff like that, there was something when I saw with the picture with him and, um, Michael Jackson, Elizabeth Taylor, um, you know, you, you, are you thinking a little bit that you have to be a bodyguard now as well at some point in time with this, or is there someone with you at this point? You know what I mean? Because you're actually walking with them. So anything could possibly happen at any given time. We all know, uh, I am pretty good at, um, I made a decision a long time ago mm-hmm. that I wasn't the bodyguard. Okay. I don't believe that any good bodyguard can drive the car and protect the people right. in the car. I just wasn't sure because like if you're if you're walking with someone of that stature, you're almost like you feel like you have to be on edge a little bit yourself. It's a, I think it's important to be mm-hmm. situationally aware. Yes. I mean, right. mm-hmm. you know, I, I think that, you know, that's that surely is the law of the land these days. I mean, I'm you know, I don't know if you have kids, but I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure, you know, you tell your kids when you walk into a movie theater, like, make sure you know where the exits are. Yeah. You know, like I a mean, hawk. I, don't, I feel I like don't a re- lot of people don't do that, though, Charlie. Yeah. Like, well, people are not aware. They're constantly on their cell phones. They're yeah, not paying attention. True. I right. mean, we even speaking of that, I mean, we even have to tell, um, like, myself or in my kids, you know, when you're across the street, look up. Don't be down with your head yeah. down. You're crossing the street, for yeah. God's sake. So. Um, yeah, that's true. That. Well, you know, when you were little, at least when I was little, you know, you didn't have a cell phone. Your folks would say, okay, when you walk out to the street, make sure you look, look both, both ways. ways. Yes. You know, yeah. I mean, and, uh, and I teach my dog that for God's sake. Your dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. I do. I'm like, stay. You know, yeah. we look both ways and then we walk. Yeah. So it's, it's, right. I'm very conscious about that stuff. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. well, yeah. <laughs> so let's let's expand on your business. So now you've gone, like you said, from 1990s to the 2000s, expanded big time. So mm-hmm. where does Slade, where does the Slade name come from for for the car service? You know, um, the name of my company when I started was called CLS Transportation. Okay, and uh, I hung on to that till about 2005, and then um, through a merger with another company called Empire, it became Empire CLS, and I um, basically sold my interests in. Um, LA and New York and I kept the Las Vegas company Mm, mm -hmm. and um, that's a totally different thing than what I was used to. Okay. Um, Las Vegas is uh, a town of 42 million travelers. It's very transient. Um, It's, it doesn't, the limousine industry uh, before Uber was really the alternative to taxis. Mm -hmm. So if you walked out of a show at MGM and a long cab line, remember those, um, we were on point to pick people up that were like the hell with this yeah. and they'd get in the car. And I loved it because it was like, you didn't have to know anybody. I mean, you just give the driver the keys and you know, whole crop would come in on a Friday and they were gone by Sunday or Monday. And you know, whatever problems you had went away with them, you know, and it would start over. <laughs> it would stop me. The hotels cared like that day, you know, but it wasn't like, wasn't like dealing with like the high end world of like LA and New York and okay. those kinds of people. Um, and, uh, I had a pretty good time, you know, from like 2005 to 2012. And, uh, I think I got a little ahead of myself, Okay, and, you know, um, you know, I lack some humility <laughs> and they figured that you know, only I could fix the, the problems of a company that was spiraling out of control due to the recession and, you know, my inability to really, you know, what I am is a service delivery guy. Mm-hmm. So if you tell me you want something a certain way, like I innately know how to do it. But like when you own 700 cars, you know, now you're in the car 
you know, acquisition and disposal business, you're in the human resources business, you're in all kinds of businesses that you're really not qualified for. And then you're probably not qualified to hire these people. And what happens is over time is that you collect people that stay with you and commit their lives to you. Mm-hmm. So 15, 20 years later, you're surrounded by these same people that probably weren't qualified either. And um, you crash. Mm-hmm. And I crashed in a big way and uh, ended up going to prison for 20, 22 months for okay. racketeering. They couldn't get me on dope charges or prostitution, so they decided that they'd give me the best fraud charge they right. could give me. Um, and so when I was away and I got smashed and I went from like, you know, basically close to the sun um, and down to zero, yeah. I thought, gosh, how am I going to start over again? Like, how? what am I going to do? And um, the idea of going back to Los Angeles and buying cars and trying to get back in business, I mean, it seemed just just like a, like standing in front of a huge tidal wave. Like, how could you do that? Okay. And uh, so I didn't do that. And the idea of being in business in Las Vegas was a non-starter. It's a regulated, I mean, it was a privileged license. Mm-hmm. I didn't have that anymore. Um, I wasn't going to go to New York. So I uh, came up with the idea of um, special logistics and delivery experts, otherwise known as slave, mm. Slade. Oh, wow. Okay. That, and, um, that's great. So... Um, you know, I got out and I was working for a, a friend of mine selling buses and a travel agent friend of mine called up and she said, well, what's, what's your plan? What can you do? And I said, well, I, can, I got this plan. This is this company and, and, and I feel that, that I don't need to own the cars anymore, that I can get better service out of a transportation company than you can. And she said, okay. She goes, can you handle Nicki Minaj? And I said, sure. <laughs> and... and um, and, and that's how it started. Okay. And uh, another friend of mine, you know, came to me and gave me Mick Jagger that I'd, you know, driven for years and years, a guy named Christian Ortiz. And um, I also uh, had been taking care of Sting since the beginning when he was in the police. And he'd been with me for the whole ride. Like, that's of great. all the people I've met, and I've met a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a friend. You know, I know his kids. They know me. There's a lot of history there. And he's just been a lovely guy, you that's know. That's great. So Still married. Yeah, he's yeah, yeah long, he's long yeah, he's the yeah. guy, right? Yeah, Trudy's wonderful, and um, so anyway, that's what happened, and okay. so my world what now became a logistics person, and so you know how did I reinvent myself with with that was, you know, having to use companies all over the country wherever their cars landed, and calling these services up and saying, hey, I need service, give mm-hmm. me the drivers, and they would give me the drivers directly because I didn't want to have to deal with their offices and I would develop the driver before he'd go pick up this person. Okay. And I would, you know, you like, like saying you're prepping, prepping him in theory, right? Yeah. Okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, when they all worked for me, you could call them up and you know, you could be pretty abrasive, <laughs> um, but uh, now it's different. You know, now I call them up. Hey, how you doing? Um, this is who I am. You're driving my client today. Um, how are you? You know, tell me a little bit about that. So no matter how fast the bullets are flying, you have to be able to like to calm yourself down to talk wow. to them, to get them to talk to you and say how much you appreciate them. Hey, what's your Venmo? Do you have a cash app? You know, maybe send them 50 bucks. Okay. You know, give them some love and appreciation so that they realize that this is way different than what they're used to. Yeah. And uh, so we developed um, a group of people all over the world that are our, our, our operators that handle our clientele and it's been super successful. Wow. So you are like a now of true concierge service. We were trying to talk about that off air. Would you say that category then? Is that yeah, correct? I, I can't stand that to okay. tell the truth. Let's make I mean, it. That's like when someone an, calls me an influencer. Right. I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. not influencer. So, let's, yeah. so what would Shit. be the appropriate word to use? I mean, I'm not this? the guy to go to for a hotel room. Okay. I mean, I am the guy to go to if you can't get into MGM and no one's paying attention to you because I know the chairman and he gave me a phone number mm-hmm. to call one of his people that will take me seriously. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm that guy. Right. Um, you know, I. I guess if you're, um, I don't know, if you're being held against your will in Shanghai, China, at a, at a, you know, at a, you know, at a, at a concert venue, um, and you need, he's like called the U.S. I'm getting busy for that. Yeah, well, I did, but I mean, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm probably the right guy for that. Okay. Um, if your hotel is underwater after Katrina, Katrina, and you need two guys on the roof in a no-fly zone. I'm probably the right guy. Wow, that's you know, great. I mean, I'm telling you. He, that's yeah. amazing. I yeah, mean, you know, just you just never know what, what, what they give you. I mean, um, I had a client 
back in the 80s, back in the 90s, named Scott Whelan. He was Stone Temple Scott, Pilots. Yeah. You yeah. do yeah. know Scott? I mean, I, I Stone Temple Pilots. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, they, you know, Scott, you know, he had his, he had his, you know, his issues, and um, his manager called me one day and said, "Hey, you know, um, you can't give him service anymore." And I go, "What do you mean? Why not?" And he says, "Well, because, you know, we're trying to, we're trying to cut him off, we're trying to cut him off from his money, so he can't go out and, you know, buy dope." Right. And we're trying to get him into rehab. And I'm like, okay, well, yeah. I go, what do I do if he calls? Like, that's what I didn't want. And they're like, you have to tell him no. And like, I'm thinking, like, why am I doing this? Right. Like, this guy pays his bills. Mm-hmm. And uh, sure enough, you know, that afternoon, Scott Whelan on four for you, Charlie. You know, and I get him on the phone. He goes, dude, like, what is going on? And I said, gosh, nothing. What's the problem? <laughs> and he goes, I need a car, like, right now. No problem, sir. Yeah, you're going to have your car. And I sent him the car, and not 10 minutes later, the manager calls me, and he's freaking out. He was really pissed. What are you doing? How, how could you do this? I thought we had an arrangement. I said, yeah, yeah, you know, you're not the customer. He is, you know. And um, I said, you know, what is it you want anyway? And he goes, well, actually, we'd like him. We'd love it if he could go to rehab. And I said, well, is that what you want? And he said, yeah. And I said, well, I'll have him there in an hour. And they were like, you can't, how are you going to do that? And I said, well, I'm going to have him arrested. And they were like, <laughs> and they were like, you can't do that. Like, you know, it's public for, for all the reasons you, for all the reasons you can't do that. No. And I said, no, 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 I've, I've had enough of your shit. I'm, I'm absolutely going to have them there in an hour. Where do you want them at? Daniel Freeman in, in Santa Monica. They're like, great. So I called a buddy of mine who is, you know, on LAPD, who's not on LAPD anymore. And I called him and I said, um, I need you to get a hold of this car to follow this car and i need you to uh pull it over and i need you to take him to rehab and he goes no problem so he, that's tough love right there yeah, man. so he, tough pull, love. he pulls over the car and um you know he opens the back door and you know scott's like oh this shit isn't mine you know <laughs> <laughs> and he says um he says you know a lot of people love you and you know we're trying to help you um you can go one of two ways you can stay in the car and we'll drive to Daniel Freeman, or I can, you know, handcuff you and hogtie you and throw you in the back of the truck, whatever you want to go. And he says, um, I'll stay in the car. And he says, but could we make one more stop before we go? <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. Where was the stop? <clears throat> uh, probably to a drug dealer, I'm sure. But, yeah. yeah. He was going to eat his last hurrah before he right. went in. Right. Right. So no, did he end funny. up going to rehab? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he had no choice at that point. Well, well, I know, but just because you bring them there doesn't mean that they're going to stay. That's true. Yeah. Well, yeah, it wasn't my deal after that, you know. Yeah. I mean, I right. you know, did, what, did what I thought was necessary. Problem solver. Time. He's a yeah. problem solver. He is. As well. And that's, those are like the best type mm-hmm. of people to have on your team. Yeah. Right. So I always want to align myself. Like the number one thing is having someone that's a problem solver. So if you get into an issue that they're not like, oh my God, what do I do? Like right. I need someone that can articulate the issue and fucking solve the problem. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. It's a solution oriented, you know, oriented business, you know. Right. Um, but, uh, I don't run into that kind of stuff anymore. Okay. It's different now. Well, speaking of different, um, how different in what way? Yeah. Oh, you know, I mean, we were talking earlier. Um, you know, if you're going to marry a, a rock star, um, you might want to, you know, keep things cool. You know, you don't, you don't necessarily want to go against that because, you know, everything's cool until they decide that, you know, you're not, um, they don't want you in the hotel. Right. And, um, <laughs> and then, you know, with, with the power of them, uh, it all, it's all bad, you know, to, to just, yeah. you know, you can't go on property. Uh, uh, so security force comes to protect the, the car company, uh, rallies to, you know, support the, I was going to say, I have to come and clean up some messes there for sure. Yeah, right? right. And then, mm-hmm. uh, and then when things calm down and all is forgiven, it all goes back to normal. Okay. You know, but it just, it changes like that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just, we're nice until we're not. I feel like, um, I feel like Charlie has like this book, you know, like the Charlie 100, things to do when something goes wrong. Cause you've seen so many situations like, okay, do this, do this, do this, do this. And like pass a couple of those on to your drivers just so they'll have it in their little you know, on their phone or somewhere. He's always like the one behind the scenes, but you never really see him. Like kind of like Charlie's angels. They're like, hello, Charlie. You know, with, uh, actually today, you know, um, you just keep everybody in a text group, you know, everyone that needs to be involved Mm -hmm. and try to communicate, 
you know, to, to gather, you know, in one room, so to speak. And, um, yeah, I don't, I haven't run into any, uh, emergencies, um, for quite some time. Okay. Yeah. But you got, you got, you got it up there though, what to do, hopefully. Right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Just in I, case I, I worked for, um, I worked for the Royal family of Brunei in the nineties and had, and having worked for rock stars in the eighties, um, I was well prepared for, you know, their craziness. I mean, That's you know, what, what they want. Yeah. Um, I felt like you were going to say there was so much sane versus like doing the rock stars. You're like, it's even a thousand times worse off the chart. No, um, they're just different. Mm -hmm. I, I did a big move for them in Las Vegas. They were here and, uh, they asked me if I wanted to go and work with them in, um, Orlando. I said, sure. And they had uh, three bulletproof Mercedes Benz cars downstairs mm -hmm. along with all of our cars. And they said, you know, yeah, sure. Take these cars to Orlando, Florida. And I go, when are you going to be there? And he said, we're going to be there like the day after tomorrow. And I was like, Hey, I, I, yeah, I'll put four guys in these cars and we can go nonstop. And man, that's really fast. And he goes, no, 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 no. He goes, take them to Federal Express. He goes, they know us. He goes, we'll just ship the cars. And I thought that was pretty funny. And yeah. so I took them down there and went to went Federal Express. And I go, hey, you know that absolutely positively shit overnight? Like, <laughs> yeah, I go, those three cars right there. And, uh, oh, you must be at the Goldcrest Company. Yeah, and they'd go out there and put the air bills on the windshield and rolled them up on the airplane. Wow. And, looked at me and they said, who's going with the cars? I looked wow. at one of my guys and said, you are. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they, that was, I mean, that was normal stuff for them. I mean, you know, the, I, I think, um, I had one time where like, uh, they told me that the prince, one of the young princes wanted a quarter pounder with cheese. It was like two o'clock in the morning. We were in, uh, West Palm beach. Okay. And, um, I said, gosh, it's late. I mean, really a quarter pound of cheese now. And, <laughs> and you never told them like, for sure. You always said, I'll see what I can do. And, um, I called the general manager of the hotel and I said, Hey, we got to get that McDonald's open across the street. And he goes, that's crazy. There's no way they have to wait till the next day. And I said, I'll tell you what I said, when you watch us leave and go to the Ritz Carlton, you lose 50,000 a night. I go, you better get that goddamn hamburger <laughs> place open. And, uh, so he called the chief of police. He called the owner. I got it open. It Shut up. Like, Are you kidding me? They did it? Yeah. That's great. I'm for, telling you, he gets wow. shit done. I've for never two, in my life. For $250,000. Wow. But how do you, I mean, but Charlie, you think so fast on your feet, dude. It's it's insane. Well, I mean, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's, um, I mean, these people, like they spring shit on you so there's fast. There's no be such able to, thing like, as like a no. Like right. I feel like everything is an option and that's kind of you know, that separate, I think that's what separates him from everyone else. Yeah. As you just know that he's a doer God, and he's going to get it done. I you'd be a great coach for some pro team. I could tell you that much. I don't know about <laughs> that. But, uh, but can yeah, him, so I, I, kept, I kept it open yes. for a week while we were there. Wow. And, you know, it was expensive. Yeah. But it, that that was pretty normal stuff for these guys. <laughs> that's crazy. Tell, tell us about like the the helicopter story like when you were like rent do you remember he's he's looking at me like <laughs> i think you were right you were driving in la and oh yeah okay um when i was telling you about diverting those cars away from the rock bands from the promoter the promoter like figured it out after like two or three times and they finally called me and they said look <laughs> Like, you know, we know you're doing this. Right. Rex. And, uh, yeah. And, and we need, we, if you, you know, we want you to go pick up our president, Brian Murphy and pick him up. This is actually a good story, how it mm -hmm. finishes, um, and bring him to Irvine Meadows. And I was kind of wrecked that day. And Brian was really wrecked when I got to his house and there was no way. I don't know if you know where Irvine is mm -hmm. um, compared to uh, yeah. Sherman Oaks. I live in Los Angeles. Yeah. So there yeah. was no way. Yeah. I mean, like okay. Sherman Oaks to Irvine Meadows, like. There was no, that no distance. way at all. And like, I'm realizing that like everything I've worked for and everything that I could possibly get out of this one ride was like evaporating. And I got on the phone in the car and I called a buddy of mine that owned a helicopter company. And I said, do you have anything like available? Like, do, like what about downtown? And he goes, I got a, I actually have a helicopter on top of the Transamerica building. And I said, man, I need it. I go, how much like right now to take this guy to Irvine Meadows, wait for him and bring him back. He okay. goes, for you, 800 bucks, which was a lot of money back then. Okay. You know, 1985. And uh, so I'm going for, now I'm going toward downtown. And this guy's freaking out. He's in the back just like he knows where he is. And I go, don't worry, I got a shortcut. I go, you know, we're, this is a shortcut, better way. <laughs> we're getting downtown. I get off the freeway downtown. 
he's really freaking out. You know, I don't know what he was on, but he was freaking out. He was pissed. And uh, I get to the building and I go, listen, Mr. Murphy, get out of my car, go in that door, go in the elevator, go to the roof. There's a helicopter up there and it's going to take you to Irvine Meadows. You're going to land backstage. You're not going to be late. You're going to be on time for Eric Clapton. And he said, man, there better be a fucking helicopter on that roof. And he gets up there <laughs> and I see the helicopter take off and he came back and um, he landed and he got in the car with this big grin and he goes, Avalon Attractions is yours. And so that meant that every single rock and roll band that played Southern California, whether they played at the Forum, the Sports Arena, the Coliseum, Pacific Amphitheater, Irvine Amphitheater, Universal Amphitheater, or on somebody's fucking front lawn, yeah, the Hollywood Racetrack, um, was mine. That's and amazing. That, and so every rock and roll band in the world, um, and kind of interestingly enough, um, I um, was talking to these guys in Los Angeles recently, like two months ago. Um, there's an agent I have down there that wants to make a movie um, and they keep talking movie or TV show about mm -hmm. my life. And um, he said he was at a funeral of Brian Murphy. And somebody stood up at the funeral and said, you know, Brian had lots of great experiences. But one of them that really stands out was the time the limo driver picked him up at the house and got him a helicopter and That's took him to the air, clapped. And yeah, it was yeah, like and and he had read my story and he couldn't they just couldn't believe it. You know, it was crazy. Okay, if there's ever like a, a shooter, like a gunman situation, and we're all panicking, I'm standing with this guy because <laughs> you can stand think, with her. Well, I'm well, getting behind her. <laughs> I mean, you you think on your toes like fast. I mean, that's that's yeah. well, just so amazing. I just had to get it done, but mm -hmm. there was um, gosh, that's on the tip of my tongue. Is that gonna know you're talking about shooters? Um, I'll remember it. Okay. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. That's okay. Yeah. So tell, uh, we'll get back to that. So we're going to delve into, got a, okay guys. So we have um, Charlie Hor Hor Horky on the show today um, and he owns Slade Services. Um, mm -hmm. Jamie just adores him and she uses his service a lot. And so if you're ever in He's Vegas. He's the only service I use. Not even in Vegas. In Vegas. Mm -hmm. Everywhere, anywhere. He's literally right? like yeah. all over the world. Yeah. So, just call Slade Services guys and like yeah. he will, you know, he'll take care of you. And I'm, I'm Maybe. I'm I don't know. Well, we got to give him, we got to like, give him like, an, like a, um, a challenge though. You know, he needs a challenge. I don't think there's any challenge challenge too big for charlie <laughs> that's for damn sure i remember what it was go ahead i was on a um a zoom call because they wanted to do a scripted podcast about my my story and they said to me um that they had done another show and it was about the cotton club murders and i'd read this it was about the murders in los angeles mm -hmm. and i said i got on the zoom with these producers and people i go I go, who was the guy that they killed? And he goes, it was Roy Raiden. And I said, yep, yeah, yeah, I remember that. I said, I drove the murderers. I knew those guys. And they said, you what? And I said, <laughs> Whoa. I go, yeah, when I worked at Budget Rent-A-Car, I go, Bill Menser was a guy I delivered cars with, and he's still at Corcoran. He was put in there in 1988. I said, but yeah, I knew those murderers. I said, in Holy fact, shit. I said, I was almost involved in the caper <laughs> because they called me and said, could they use a limousine? They killed this guy, and they threw him in the back of a limousine and uh, in the trunk, and they called me, and at the time, I had the good sense to say, yeah, unless you're going to use the driver, I'm not giving you the car. Right. Well, they went to my buddy who owned a rental car company, and he gave him the car, and oh, he spent the shit. next 10 years in and out of the oh, courthouse wow. you know, testifying. But yeah, they couldn't believe it. Like they you knew, like, though. Your your intuition was like... I just didn't want to give up the car. I had no idea what they were doing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, good my, enough for us, though. Yeah, my, good enough. Yeah, my, right. deal, yeah, my deal was we're, we're car and driver. We're not just car. <laughs> right. You know. You're like, go to fucking Enterprise for that bullshit. Yeah. Now they went to budget rent a car. They did. Great. All right. Well, tell us about, you know, I was going to say, since we're like, we will stick to some dating relationship on this. Yeah. Yeah. You're married. I am. Yeah. So tell us the story of how you met your lovely wife. I heard this. Jamie gave me a little tidbit about this off air and I want to. Well, when I was in business in Las Vegas pre-2012, my job, I was hired by a uh, an old fellow named Pete Eliadis. And he wanted me, he wanted my cars because we took care of all the MGM properties to bring people to his strip club called Olympic Gardens. So he would pay us if we brought people to his club. So there's okay. two kinds of people that walk out of the hotel. People that know where they're going and people that don't know where they're going. So the people that do know where they're going, you would take them where they want to go. That's what the law says, right? And the people that don't know, well, you can suggest, well, let's go to Olympic Garden. Well, anyway, my route was all these hotels all night long. Mm -hmm. And I was at Mirage. I think it was when it was Jet or maybe it was after it was Jet. And I pulled up, I'm driving my Ferrari and I get up and I give the doorman, you know, a hundred bucks. They leave my car on the curb as always. <laughs> and I'm just about to walk in and I hear the doorman go, hey lady, get away from that car. And I turn around and there was this 
beautiful girl standing next to my car. And I said to the doorman, no, that's cool. I go, what, go what, what's up? And she said, well, me and my girlfriend, we're just hoping we could get a picture by your car. And I said, I'll tell you what, I'll take a picture of you in my car. How about that? So I opened the door, she sits down and um, her camera didn't work. Mm-hmm. Mine did. Hers was dead. So that's how I met her. Click. Nice. And uh, got She's got to get her number. photos somehow yeah. at this point. Yeah. That, yeah. That, that's how I met her. I mean, mm-hmm. that was, you know, you talk about like divine intervention, right? You know, nine years later, I look at that and I think like, yeah, God was like looking out for me. Right. Absolutely. Because timing couldn't have been any yeah, better. God knows I mm-hmm. ran through a string of, you know, horrible people. Wow. But, you know. So what was it like when you were away uh-huh. on your African safari for 22 months. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Did you um, see lots of animals? <laughs> like, I mean, God, what Every a, day. like what a woman to like stand by your side. So what was that like? Like, do, do you guys visit? Do you talk every day? Like what happens? Yeah, too bad. She's not here to tell you what it was like, but, um, cause I was there, but, um, yeah, you have email. So we emailed and you get 300 minutes a month okay. and you think that's a lot, but it's not, Mm-mm. it's like, that's like, like whatever, 10 minutes, like every other day or whatever. And she um, would fly up there like once a month. She'd fly up there. And like in hindsight, when I look at that, I thought, wow, what an amazing person. I mean, what a shithole. I mean, like, you know, go from here to Sheridan, Mm -hmm. Portland, drive for an hour to Sheridan, stay in some shithole motel, and then come to visiting, which was just horrible. I mean, it wasn't horrible. It was, the setting's horrible. And we'd spend hours. Like, she didn't just come in and say, okay, how you doing? You know, this podcast's going to last, what, 45 minutes? Right. And yeah. We'd sit there yeah. for like four hours. Wow. And we'd play cards and eat the shitty vending machine food and, you know, talk Aww. and complain. That's love and, right you know, there. <clears throat> you know, try to grab, you know, a boo. <laughs> <laughs> how long were you guys together at this point, by the way? You know, I met her in August of 12, mm-hmm. and I got arrested in December of 12. Whoa. And I didn't yeah. go away wow. until... Um, 2015 that's the worst part like i wish i wish that when i was arrested they just incarcerated yeah that's because that extra time the out. waiting well the waiting was horrible because you're in limbo like it mm-hmm. was everybody's cool with me you know you're hosted and people are nice but like you can't do any business really i mean who's gonna bet on you you're yeah. in prison and um and so she you know my mom and everybody thought well you'll go back to san francisco and you'll you'll um you'll wait for him, I guess, or you'll go live your life, you know, as everyone would say. And she didn't. She said, I'm staying. Wow. And uh, I had, I didn't have anything at the time, and I sold my phone number to um, another limousine operator in town. And um, this really nice lady bought my phone number for $180,000, and she gave my wife, well, my girlfriend at the mm-hmm. time, $6,000 a month for every month I was gone. So, like, on a handshake. I mean, wow. I, I didn't need the money. Yeah. So, I mean, I go, yeah, just take her, her. And uh, so, yeah, she existed, right? And, and you know, did what she did and come visit me every month. And it just worked out. It just, it just worked out. That's a great story, Charlie. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Wow. And kudos yeah. to you, your wife. I mean, she sounds amazing as well. But yeah. you got to meet her at a dinner. I'm oh, my gosh. Jealous. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. And she's an amazing cook, too. Yeah. I was like, what the shit? She made all this? <laughs> I mean, think how <laughs> Like, cool. it literally looked like it was catered. Can, so, we, can we put something like, on the date, Charlie, right well, now? Because well, I, mean, I want to come over. Think about how, <laughs> I mean, I don't know about you. Are you married? I am. I don't I, know about your wife, but I mean, yeah. you know, my wife knows that I have lunch periodically with this woman. And like, she's like, oh, have a good time. Tell her I said hi. Most women are not going to let you go out and have lunch with you. Yeah. I mean, right. Like, <laughs> right. Right. So I backed it. I was married is what I was saying. But my girlfriend would let me do that, by the way. So because that's, a, once again, it's, I just have a cool girl as well. Yeah. Well, she was going to come today. Mm-hmm. And, I, oh, and she goes, to, do you need me to be there? And I go, no. I said, hey, listen. Here's the way I look at it. Mm-hmm. I invited you, and you decided yes or no. I did my job. You know what? What? Yeah. What, once I put it out there, yeah. You know, I'm good. Right. You know? I, when I I'm in town, that. which mm-hmm. is not very often, I he's Charlie. Charlie is like my go-to. I'm like, hey, Charlie, I'm I'm in town. Lunch, and he's like, sure. And I'm like, normal spot. He's like, yeah. Twelve <laughs> o'clock. Yeah. See you there. Nice. Yeah, it's never at her house. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So he's like, I invited the wife, but she didn't want to come today. I'm like, well, tell her I said hi. <laughs> but yeah, it's really, it's yeah. really cool. So yeah. I love, I love the relationship aspect of that. And how, nine years now, 12, what are we at? Nine years. Nine years. Wow. Great. Yeah. Now we have a good time. Yeah. 
Well, you guys sound like you keep each other like super happy and stuff too. And is she a part of the business as well now? Or what does she do? You know, she owns it. I work for oh, her. Okay, yeah. great. Great. Yeah. Nice. You got a good boss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, okay. You know, definitely uh, lets me think about all kinds of stuff and, you know, you know, let's buy this. Let's buy that. Oh, sure, honey. Yeah. You know. <laughs> <laughs> do you feel much um, less, I, I don't want to say less stressful um, after when you started your new service right now, but is it... I know it's different. It's a pivot. It's it's probably something that was probably going to be in your future anyways, changing with the times and things. Um, how do you feel right now? Like, do you feel more laid back? Do you feel like you're just still running around as much as you were back in the day? As opposed to? Well, you know, like when you were driving and doing all the things, like now, and it's obviously you pivoted your business to a whole different, like you have, you, you lease out drivers, I guess, and things like that in a weird way, right? No, I contract. Contract, to, sorry, to, contract, uh, yeah. To other companies and yeah. or independent operators. Um but I want to know for you personally, is that still that stress level? Or are you still, or do you feel like, ah, oh, it's a little more laid back. I have a little more time in my life right now. I can do things. No. Okay. No. Right. It's hard just to sit here with you for an hour okay. and not, and not, and <laughs> yeah. not be engaged in what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, you know, it was quite different. My existence when I owned um, CLS mm -hmm. was, I mean, even in Las Vegas, I had, you know, 230 cars and infrastructure and people. And so, if I decided not to go to work, I didn't have to. If I couldn't go to work, I didn't have to. Yeah. Um, you know, it ran in spite of myself. Um, this, you know, it runs because I'm personally involved and okay. I'm actually uh, talking to some people about, you know, it can stay like this and I can be that guy that you can call and uh, I can do as much work as I can possibly do well. But I'm starting to see that what we really need to do is to build a platform. Mm. You know, we need to build a real platform with like a team of people that I've known that'll be good in different areas and see if I can get them collectively to build a platform to build it bigger. Like you can't, great. you can't go from like, you can't go from like 3 million to 10 million without having infrastructure. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's, you I'm going to, uh, and that's something you said right there, just reminded me of a past episode when we had J-Rock on the show and he um, said the same thing. You want to bring a team around you that actually knows those different areas right, that you right. lack in. Right. And so I think that's a smart idea for sure. Well, you got to look for people that are smarter than you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, or at least in areas that you don't know. Like right. I don't know shit about the airport repping business, except like I know what they do. Mm -hmm. But I got a guy I've known for a hell of a long time that's the best at it. And um, and I, I'd, I'd like to, you know, work with him. And I have another guy that ran my company in New York for years and years, and um, and he's available. So anyway, you just yeah. have to surround yourself with good yeah, people. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Got any yeah. more questions you want to ask this? Yes, I want to know um, the most memorable thing that ever happened to you when you were driving. If there's one particular thing that stands out to you besides driving me, I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what's the most memorable thing that ever happened to me um is there really like one experience that kind of stands out to you yeah, i'm sure you have a bunch but i'm sure top of your yeah. head right now go to the top of your head there's always something in the forefront just go with it um that you can share no names needed I, I really can't think of one thing. You're going to think about it and then you're going to tell me at lunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I wish I could. I mean, I mean, I could tell you a zillion stories about doing interesting things with people. Um, uh, but like the most memorable, I mean, I was there when, um, when Bellucci OD'd, I was driving him that night. Wow. Oh, shit. Um, I was sitting in front of Marvin Gaye's house when his father killed him. Um, I was with Jackie Onassis for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. um, I, uh, I've done some pretty, pretty cool right. stuff, but okay, yeah. Well, let, here's a better version of that. Okay. Um, what is the, um, one thing that sticks out in your mind that you were felt the most appreciate, you know, like when someone says to me, like I'm a tennis pro, so, or someone goes, you know, thank you so much. Like you really made my day. Are you like, what, what stands out? Like everybody always has one of those as well. Um, I can't think of one right this Okay. <laughs> besides besides your wife saying, yeah. uh, I just want to take a photo yeah. in your car, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, probably her, you know, telling, how, telling me how much she loves me every day. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, right yeah. up there, That's right? perfect enough. I yeah. think that's a, that's a great answer. Yeah, so. but I, yeah, I can't, um, yeah, I can't, I can't think of, I can't really think of any one moment. So, like, you know. for our listeners, what's the one key that's kept you guys, that you think that you can share that's kept you in, in your 
wife together? What is the one thing? Because to be honest with you, like at this Mm -hmm. like day and age, it's like far and few between that literally get married and stay committed. Yeah. So what is the one thing that you feel has kept you guys? I think, you know, transparency, you know, honesty, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, I, 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 you know, yeah. I think once you get past the idea that you're not going to be judged, you know, yeah. um, you know, yeah. Well, I think uh, what you went through, I mean, that was after. Does the, that come you know, that in time, away. though? Or do you feel like you had that with her from the get go? Oh, no, I, I think that you you're always like unvi- un- un- unraveling. Yes, of course. You know, right. and, and that you they'll tell you stuff or you'll tell them stuff or that you feel comfortable enough that you can, you know, talk about. I, I Yeah, there's really not. I was with a friend of mine recently. They got a bunch of money. And I said to him did you tell your girlfriend? And he was like, no, he goes, don't bring that up. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I thought to myself, like this woman moved from LA to be with him in New York. Mm-hmm. They're together. And I thought, how the fuck did she not know that? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, you're right. Transparency. There's some people yeah, who still well, well, it, right. you know, it's like peeling off layers. But I feel all the like time. he said it kind of evolves like over time it because does. when you first meet someone that first year, like we're not letting everything of out in the not. open, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, maybe Charlie know, I mean, was. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I maybe that's myself. a secret. I, put, I, put I feel like you do, like, but I don't know. I'm like probably a little more private. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, you know, in the beginning, excuse me, in the beginning, there was a lot of craziness going on, right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of, you know, sex, drugs, and rock and roll. And I mean, like, you know, it was really going. Um, you know, we'd go to the strip club and catch one and bring them home, you know. But, um, you know, was, even that after a while. And it wasn't even that you were having sex with, the, with yeah. the person you brought home. It was more theater, right? And and then even that just becomes retarded. I mean, it's just we just have a better time with each other. Okay. You know? Yeah. I, I I guess I'm just really really lucky. Like I I I couldn't imagine not being mentally happy, you know, with somebody that I lived in the same house with that you dreaded going home to. Yeah. I mean. You know, right. that would suck. Yeah, unfortunately, there's a lot of that too. But yeah. you know, it sounds like you guys communicate well and you. I, I mean, mean, I've witnessed it. So okay, it, it's yeah. pretty incredible when right. there's people that's like, oh, I've never. I mean, maybe just get older. I'm 61. I'll be 62 in, in December. And it's like, do I look at Instagram? Like, is my Instagram filled with beautiful women? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. But I don't give a shit what their names are. I don't want their cell phone numbers. I don't hunt them right. like I used to. Yeah. I just don't care. I mean, I really don't care. To me, it's more amusement. It's interesting. Yeah, I'm a connoisseur of beautiful right. I women. I mean, we're Wonderful. guys, for God's sake. But I could, I'm with him on that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but like, yeah. I don't want, I, I don't, I can't remember the last time I watched a porno. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I I don't give a shit about that. I mean, someone said, oh, well, he watched this. They're like, sure. But I mean, like, as far as an activity, a hobby, something like that. I've had much more fun going through life with her. That's you know? great. Aww. Yeah. So Good maybe, answer. maybe I need to start dating older. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah, we got to still, as, as, the, as she is on with me more and more, I'm going to tap into her a little. It's like start peeling those layers back and figure yeah. out more and more. So yeah. Yeah. Good maybe luck. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> for you this time. So, all right. Anything else? You've been amazing, by the way. I oh, know that you've got a me. really busy schedule and stuff. And we're, yeah. I'm so appreciative of you making time for us today. So, sure. Thank you. Um, thank so you. awesome. Yeah. Last minute. Yeah. Lunch this week. Yeah, she said she's doing her podcast. You should have me on your show. And she goes, okay. I yeah, was like, damn like right that. I will. Yeah. When I was like, yeah. Well, I go, what did you do? She goes, I go, perfect. Because, you know, and once again, guys, this is uh, Charlie Horky from Slade Services. Um, yes. Look his stuff up anytime you're around anywhere. Basically, um, mm-hmm. I know I'm going to be giving you a call soon just because I want to just have the experience by the oh way oh my gosh thanks yeah yeah really yeah, fun to sure. be here today thanks so, a lot and do you want to plug anything before we leave today where no. can we find you yes. uh, well i want to plug him <laughs> okay social media mm-hmm. please sure yeah well, slade Inst- services yeah we're on instagram yeah we'll put it up um on the tv screen here so if you guys are watching our youtube um check out mm-hmm. slade services awesome so, thank you so great. much and what are you up to honey anything oh my gosh I'm always up to no good over here. But um, yeah, big shout out to um, Suzette Clothing. Uh, they just sent me like a nice little box of goodies. Oh, so nice. we're able to like pass that on to like some of our guests. And then um, I have a little surprise for you. But I will, I will bring it for you at lunch because, yeah. All right. And you can find us at Dating Intelligence on our, all of our social media guys. And you can look me up at Christopher at dating-intelligence.com. If you have any questions, please send them in and we will try to get back to you as best we can. All right. All right. That's another episode. Charlie, thank you so much. You've been amazing. Thank, thank you. you. That's it.
Ufa.